Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church podcast, where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. This week, we celebrated Father's Day with our United Methodist women leading our worship service and our guest preacher, Yvonne Madsen, the head and president of our United Methodist women here at Beach Grove Church. A reminder that our services are available in their entirety on our YouTube channel, which is linked in the podcast notes below. And we would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available. You can do this using your favorite podcasting app. Also, in the sermon notes, you will find our donation link. And we would love it if you would help to support the mission and ministries here at Beach Grove through your generous offerings. Lastly, find us on Facebook and Instagram to follow along with all the fun things happening at Peach Grove, whether you live in Suffolk, Virginia or not. We hope you enjoy this week's message, and please don't forget to share it with others. Our first scripture reading this morning is the 127th Psalm. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the guard keeps watch in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives sleep to his beloved. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Our next scripture comes from Ecclesiastes 3, verses 9 through 15. What gain have the workers from their toil? I have seen the business that God has given to everyone to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds. Yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their toil. I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. That which is already has been, that which is to be already is, and God seeks out what has gone by. And finally, our gospel lesson today comes from Mark 10, verses 13 through 16. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them, and the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord. Amen. I've been working on this Father Day's message for some time. Looking through the Old Testament for examples of a good father, you may remember I did a message from about Naomi last year how, about how she was such a good foster parent to Ruth the Moabite, a worshiper of Baal Kamash, how she gave to Ruth her Keshet, her steadfast kindness, that bonded the two women into a single family. Surely, I thought, there must be some male equivalent 
to Naomi, some father figure from scripture, who set an example for all of us. Sadly, I, I failed to find even one. Perhaps Joseph, husband of Mary, earthly father to our Lord Jesus Christ, the last time Joseph appeared in person in any of the Gospels is in the visit to the temple in Jerusalem when Jesus was a 12-year-old boy. After that, after that, Joseph faded into the background and disappeared from the story. I, I trolled the internet, thinking someone must have done the same. They must have found us. must have found an amazing example of fatherhood and built an uplifting message about it. Don't bother. There's very little, little and it's poorly written. Disappointed and a little worried, I let go of the fatherhood team. Team. We all know of the wonderful things done by fathers for their children and families. I don't need to buy one for that. Still, I want this message to bring some hope, some piece of encouraging wisdom that you can find in scripture. So I went back and looked again, this time the family, for family advice. That's an example of good family relationships. I can tell you right now, if you're looking for good family relationships, forget the Old Testament. <laughs> I mean, a bigger collection of dysfunctional families cannot be found in any other English language publication. Perhaps works of, works of Charles Dickens. But I think he stole most of the stuff from the Old Testament in the first place. <laughs> the family thing all started, of course, with Cain and Abel. But when downhill from there, you may recall Joseph and his coat of many colors. It's a favorite children's Bible story. But really, what teaches them about family? Whack your brother with a gudgeon, toss him in a well, and sell him as a slave? <laughs> I just don't see the effect of family dynamic. And there's Abraham. Why do you think his son Isaac felt about the whole sacrifice of altar thing? <laughs> I say he was hard for life, poor guy. He was afraid to have kids until he was 60. <laughs> then, of course, there's the story of Bob and his wife and daughters. Look how that turned out. I read from the Psalms. Yes, everyone, all 150 of them. There's a bunch of good advice for fathers in there, basically saying, raise up strong sons, to fight for your family and pray to God they don't kill you or each other over, your, over their inheritance. <laughs> the other family message is watch out for scheming women. <laughs> Nothing about scheming men, though it made me wonder. Finally, of course, there are the songs that say, Why on earth is God so angry about us? with us? I mean, of all these scheming women and murderous offspring, why should he be? Same goes for the Book of Kings and Chronicles. No, no wonder God is scratching his beard and saying, what is with these people? So I page through the New Testament. Seems that the apostles were too busy hustling about and writing letters to have families. A few parables. There's the story of the prodigal, a little less brutal, but still, considering how the older brother must have felt, I wonder what the next chapter would have been. I'm thinking I might evolve a gradual, a well, and have some slaves. <laughs> With all my reading and worrying about what wonderful message I wanted to deliver, I found nothing. They
something about Jezebel and Bathsheba. I know he has my best interest at heart, but I declined. <laughs> Do you remember in the old movies where the calendar just peels off, where the pages peel off the calendar and fall away to show the passage of time? Well, that's how I felt. So by early June, I'm getting a little frantic. Standing in front of everyone, what am I going to say? What will the people think of me when I fail? I wanted to give up. I asked my husband, should I just get a guest speaker? No, no, you've got this. He is so supportive. <laughs> well, I went back to where I left off. There's nothing in the book of Psalms, maybe Proverbs. I scrolled through all 31 chapters of Proverbs. Lots of good advice about dealing with murder son and scheming women. <laughs> nothing about healthy family relationships or husbands. In despair, I continue on to Ecclesiastes. It may be that the Lord was testing my resolve or just messing with me, but I, I read, I mean, I really read Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanities, said the teacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What do people gain from all the labor in which they toil under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. Ecclesiastes basically says, give up. Give up. All is in vain. So enjoy the moment and leave the rest to God. Leave the rest to God. Now finally, here's a useful bit of family wisdom. We cannot, we, we do not, cannot, should not control our spouses. Impossible to control our children, especially when they grow up and go their own way. And we certainly cannot control what others think of us. It's only how we present ourselves to God that matters. We have to give up our need for control. We can only live our own best lives, be our own best people, love to the best of our own abilities, and leave the rest up to God. We must trust the power of love, the transformative power of the examples we set, and God's plan for all of our lives. So I went back to my husband, husband and tried to explain what I, what I want to say is I should give up. Well, <laughs> not in, in those words because I wasn't sure exactly how I was going to put it. He had some thoughts on the matter and turned me to the Roman philosopher Seneca. In a way, Seneca said the same thing. There are more things, he wrote, likely to frighten us than there are to crush us. We suffer more often in imagination than in reality. He goes to say some things bother us more than they should, some things worry us before they ought to, and some things worry us when they shouldn't worry us at all. We are in the habit of exaggerating or imagining or anticipating sorrow. In short, in short Seneca told us to give, our, give up our fears. Okay, a little about Seneca. He was a first century advisor to Nero, of all of the people. And you may wonder why I'm citing him here in church. However, Seneca was also corresponded with the Apostle Paul. In fact, there is an apocryphal 
work titled The Visits to Seneca the Younger. It's interesting to think how much influence the early Christian church and the book of Ecclesiastes might have had on the writing of Seneca, which just brings us back to the New Testament and the ministry of Jesus. In trying to explain the humility of the soul in the face of the unknowable God, Jesus said, whoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. That is, you must let go of your fears with the trust and faith of a little child. You must realize that you are in control of nothing but your own words and deeds. Amen. You must let go in, in order to move forward. Or as it's popular said, let go and let God and let God. This is the family message that you can find in the words and life of Jesus Christ. This is the message of Seneca when he told us our worries could not change our future. This is the underlying message in the Ecclesiastes when it tells us when we are only unanswerable to ourselves and our God. And this is the message I received after fretting and worrying and finally letting go of my fears and all. That I could hear a small quiet voice that said, let it go and give it up to God. This is the freedom that comes with faith. The compliment to Naomi's steadfast kindness. So give your steadfast kindness, but also give up your need to control. And, you rem and remember that we are each unique individuals, and we always will be. God knows that, and He can accept us for who we are. Then we should should be ready to accept ourselves and each other in the same way. Amen. And I lied about not finding anything in the Psalms. I'm going to use one of their prayers as my prayer. So would you please pray with me? Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You know my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and, and are acquainted with all of my ways. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light the night, even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is bright as the day. For darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. How precious to me you are, are your thoughts, O oh God. How precious are some of them. If it would count them, they are more than the sin. I awake and I'm still with you. Amen. Amen.